So I took my son and my nephew today to watch Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. You know, I want to be very honest. I wanted to love it. I really did. And damn it. Just damn it. Um, It had a lot of potential. It really did. It, I mean, it, it really did have a lot of potential uh, compared to the original Mila Jovovich movies. Um, and the Mila Jovovich movies, they weren't necessarily, they weren't bad, but they strayed way so far away from the source material, which is the video games. Um, I've said this before, that in the um, the first movie, the, fir- the original Resident Evil film uh, with Mila Jovovich, uh, when I watched it, I was disappointed because, you know, there was no, none of the characters from the original video games were even mentioned in it. We only can assume that William Birkin from part two is in it. And we do get a reference to Resident Evil 3 Nemesis in, you know, where he says, you know, I want him in the Nemesis program. But um, overall, there was really no connection outside the fact that it took place at a mansion and that there was an underground facility. You know, the, the, the source material for the first game was there. But we didn't get the story from the first game, at least not, you know, I'd say less than 50%, less than 40% really of the, of the original game's storyline or plotline uh, was really put into play. Um, the mansion part was cool. The lab part was cool as far as the settings and whatnot. The zombies were fine. Um, but it was very, you know, they just strayed really a good amount from it. Um but one thing that kind of made up for it was a friend of mine uh, pointed out that I should watch the beginning of the movie again, the, the, the very beginning of that version of that, of that movie. You have like a little uh, narrator saying, you know, the Umbrella Corporation is a corporation, pharmaceutical, this, that, whatever. Okay. And there's a one-liner in there that kind of does change the dynamic of the first film if you're watching it as a Resident Evil video game fan. And what ends up happening is that the one-liner is, these are the events that led to the mansion incident. So technically, the way you could look at it is that the Resident Evil movie with Mila Jovovich, the original one, was actually a prequel to the events of the first game. And looking at it from that point of view, then it becomes kind of an original story that leads into the game. So, okay, hey, you know, I think I can deal with that to a point. You know, I thought... It makes it easier to accept, I would say. You know, I would think that. But then, uh, you know, you, and it ends with part, with you know her waking up and whatnot, and um, then Resident Evil Apocalypse. It definitely takes more from Part Two, uh, and Part Three com- kind of combined. But you know, kind of made sense because Part Two, Part Two and Three have a weird relationship anyway. The games, because the Part Three Nemesis is both a prequel. And a sequel to Resident Evil 2. And what I mean by that is the events of Part 3 takes place 24 hours before and 24 hours after the events of Resident Evil 2. So somewhere in the game, there's a point where Jill gets knocked out or whatnot. And she gets knocked out basically for a day. And that day that she's knocked out is when the events of Resident Evil 2 take place. Um, and then after the events of Resident Evil 2 take place is where we pick back up with Jill in part three. So, you know, uh, it kind of makes sense that Resident Evil, Apocal- uh, Resident Evil Apocalypse would become a combination of the fir- of the second and third game. So I, c- I can give it that. 
still, you know, deviated a lot. We actually, we finally did get some characters from the games. We got Carlos Oliveira. Uh, we, <clears throat> we got Jill Valentine. And we finally got a reference to the Stars team. We got Nemesis. We got um, the Ashfords, which they don't really, they're really not supposed to come into play until Code Veronica or Code Veronica X, depending on which version of the game you played. <laughs> um, but... Like I said, it still didn't. We did not get Leon. We did not get Claire. And we still don't have Chris Redfield, and you know we don't have any reference to the backstory of Jill Valentine. But she already knows that you have to shoot him in the head, and there's obviously something that happened. So it's kind of like the first movie took place before the first game, and then Resident Evil Apocalypse picks up basically like part three, uh, the, the before and after. So we still don't see the Redfields at all or Leon. Um, so anyway, that's a little backstory there. Now, Resident Evil, welcome to Raccoon City. Um, I don't know if they're trying to reboot the series or if it's just a one-off or what, but you know, definitely a closer adaptation to the video games. Uh, we do get pretty much all the major characters from the first two games. So once again, they're not telling, they're not telling the, the single storyline of part one they have combined it part one and two into one timeline uh in the video games part one takes place uh, i believe maybe two months one to two months prior to the events of part two i believe part one takes place in july 1998 whereas part two takes place in september 1998 so you, you have a difference of a couple months uh, and at this point they happen simultaneously the events of part one and two are happening at the same time so we're watching the storylines of the characters back and forth so hey as this is happening in the mansion this is happening in the police station um but we still you know uh, like i said we saw some iconic scenes brought to live action which you know i definitely enjoyed that but you know i wanted to love it look i look i got excited when i saw the trailers i was like finally the resident evil we all wanted um once again not trying to offend the Mila, the Mila Jovovich movies, I mean, in all honesty, they were an original take on it. So in their own right, they weren't bad. But for a fan of the game, you still never really got that story. Okay. And the place where it went just kind of went eh. But um, at least in my opinion. But Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. I wanted to love it so much. I really did. And it had so much potential. I mean, they it's like they almost got it. But they just had to do the typical Hollywood thing and screw it up. Uh, first of all, uh, there was no, they did not have to squeeze two movies into one. They did not have to squeeze the two games into one movie. Each game had more than enough storyline to support its own film. I mean, it really did. Um, the opening sequence where we see that they, they put in a connection between um, Birkin and the Redfields as children which I didn't really seem necessary the timing and the pacing were all off like at one point it was taking a lot of time and slow but then the game then the movie just abruptly ends kind of thing in my opinion like like just really abruptly ends and um they did not do the characters justice Claire I think she did fine for the most part Chris he was a very basic Chris uh and I don't think I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this now I do not think the fault lies with the actors. I think it is a, the scenario is one of just not good direction. Um, because I've seen these actors and other, some of these actors anyway, in other films, 
and or, or a TV series, and they did pretty good. Um, so let me throw that out there first. I don't necessarily think it's the actors, um, but I have to say that probably the best character in the film was the Irons, and he's essentially a side villain in the games. But I'm sorry, he um, I thought he did the best. That he was the character that kind of you know was the most dynamic of, I, and that's that's what's bad. Um, the most dynamic character was a video game side villain. Um, everybody was very just plain, you know, and, and did it look, look, Leon Kennedy. Um, okay. So for this is where, and this is one of the things about the movie that really got me. Leon Kennedy is one of the heroes of the second game. Okay. Uh, and in the second game, you get to play just like the first game. You could choose to be Jill. You could choose to be Chris. Second game, you could choose to be Leon or you could choose to be Claire. Now, one cool thing is that in, in both games, the character you choose kind of changes how the storyline goes a little bit from a point of view. But in part two, they really took it to the next level where they said, hey, this is Leon's game, a game, per se. So if you, know, if you chose to play Leon first, this is the storyline you get. But you get an expanded story when you play Claire's game. But then if you try to, you know, you can, and vice versa. So you can actually play the game multiple times and it's a different story. Um, I think essentially there's really four, like kind of like four different timelines per se. Not timelines, but four different scenarios. Um, two for, two for Claire, two for Leon. But anyway, like I said, you know, major differences is Leon in the game was a new transfer. It was his first day. And even though he's a rookie, he's kind of a hotshot rookie in that, you know, he's, you know, he's not a dumbass. Okay. Leon in the movie, same thing as a transfer, but he's already there. It's not his first day. And he's pretty much the screw up of the department. Um, he's transferred in because apparently he keeps screwing up. So his dad had to pull strings to get him into Raccoon City, which already is a, is a poop, t you know, the shit town, basically. It's, you know, it's part of my language. But uh, the town's going to hell because Umbrella's already leaving. Um, and he's, you know, the actor that plays him for, I'm like here for the longest time trying to figure out who the hell is this kid. And I think, let me try to see if I can pull it up right here. I believe he is from the Nickelodeon show, uh, kind of a sister show to iCarly. Not exactly a sister show, but there were some, definitely some crossovers. And then you have the whole Sam and Cat thing. But I believe... He was in the show Victorious, and he was the boyfriend of the um, actress who now I think is in Dynasty. Um, let me see if I can bring this up real fast. Uh, yes, I should have been prepared beforehand, so, uh, you know, it's okay. Let's see here, Resident Evil. So, let's see. The actor is... Avon, okay, I'm, I'm not going to pronounce this right, so I'm sorry, kid. Avon uh, Jogia, Jogaya, Jogia, huh, sorry. Uh, but let's see if it's who I think it is. Dang. Yep, it's who I think it is. Yeah, so he is the boyfriend of, uh, let's see if we can find her. What's her name? 
I think it's Elizabeth Giles, Jalees. Yeah, okay. So she he plays her boyfriend in the show Victorious. So I'm like I I'm like I'm here watching. I'm like I didn't recognize this guy. And I mean, even in that show, it's, I'm gonna be honest. It almost felt like he was that character from Victorious trying to act like a cop. Um, and like I said, I I don't know how much of that is on him versus how much of that is on the direction and the writing. Um, because you get to remember the uh, the actors, yes, they they have to act it, but they're acting lines and directions that they've been given. So I can't, like I said, I don't, I'm not going to put it on the actors, um, at least not yet, you know. But did he look the part? Yeah, I think he was young enough. He definitely looked the part. But some of the verbs, you know, some of the um, dialogue was really forced. I mean, I feel like they definitely tried to give a run for his money to the movie to Logan and to Deadpool for how many f bombs they could drop in it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, I have no problem cursing, but and I have no problem listening to f bombs or whatnot in the movie. But in all honesty, <clears throat> it felt like every, a lot of the f bombs honestly felt forced. Like it was kind of like, oh yeah, I have to drop an f bomb here. Like who the f is this? What the f is that? Uh, it was it's just one of those. It's not you know I'm not I'm not anti cursing. I'm not anti f bomb. But at the same time, it was very like I said, it felt forced. It was kind of like. Eh. You're saying it just for the sake of saying it. Kind of, you know, Logan. I know everybody, you know, a Wolverine fan as well. Uh, Logan was not the best movie I've seen, but definitely not the worst one either. But same thing. It's kind of like they made it rated R. And so now it was almost like, you know, he was just throwing in the F-bomb because he could. Not necessarily to move the, not necessarily to cause an inspiring scene like that. Just, I, you know, I don't know. It, it's, you know, I look at certain things of like, you know, use of verbal of, of cursing language you know f-bombs i look at that kind of like nudity and sex in a film you know when i was younger i was like oh yeah hey nudity whatever and now it's like one of those i go it's not i'm like it's not really that necessary um i mean we can you know there's movies that they they want to allude that the characters had a love scene that's fine you know they show the characters kiss and they may show them then the next frame is them in bed speaking talking about something or even asleep uh you know there's a tasteful way to do it, and I don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not a prude by any means. I'm not like you know thinking, oh, I can't see this and that. But there's just times where it did. Did it really serve a purpose in the film other than just to get attention? And it's kind of like, you know, don't get me wrong. Once again, when I was younger, I was like, hell yeah, boobies, or hell yeah, whatever. Okay, and now it's kind of like, uh, you know. I'm not going to lie, oh, yes, this was nice and all, but at the same time, I mean, there's been movies where it, a love scene may have added to the passion if it's a romance story, things of that nature, but then there's movies where it honestly was a distraction, kind of like, eh, that's 40 seconds that was a waste, that was just a waste of the movie, you know, I'm like, I would have rather seen more story development or this or that, a uh, good example of that is, and I love Eli Roth to death, I love his movies, Cabin Fever, I had, I had that exact issue with because, okay, here you are. Spoiler, here you are. You're in the woods in a cabin, and one of your cabin mates that's staying with you for the weekend, who is a girl that you just professed to love uh, and try to get carnal with until you realize she was deteriorating from a flesh eating virus, is outside that you and your you and the rest of the people put her there to, to isolate her from you, right? So she's now pretty much decomposing while still alive in a shed 
And the other, the actual only real couple that's there, they get into it. The boyfriend's like, look, you know, hey, I know you're your boy, I'm your boyfriend whatnot, but I, I care more about me. So I'm going to take the beer and I'm going to go find a cave and just try to ride this thing out. So he does that. Now, I don't know. So now uh, we have a situation where there's only two people left in the cabin. One guy went for help. The other guy is going to go to a cave and just drink beer and try to wait it out. And the other girl is decomposing while she's still alive in a shed. Okay. So now the girlfriend of one guy and the guy that loves the other girl are in the cabin having a, a moment of like, you know, this is looking really bleak. This is looking like, you know, we're not going to survive. What do we do? This and that. And she's like, you know, I'm just imagining like I'm on the Titanic and it's going down like the, like the guys playing the, um, the music in the movie that they were going down with the ship. She's like, all I can think of is that is to look at the person next to me, grab him and just, and just have sex with him. And it's kind of like, eh? And then the next thing you know, they're having sex. I'm like, your boyfriend, granted, he don't, he just left you literally to go drink beer in a cave to survive. And then you, dude, who you just, the girl that you love, that you're like heartbroken over, is outside and you're doing her friend. And in the middle of doing it, in the middle of, in the middle of their, you know, tryst, She's on top of him, uh, and you get your gratuitous boob scene and a little bit of butt crack scene because that there's a whole other thing with that where the, Eli Roth and her had like an issue because she didn't want to show her butt or so. Anyway, in the middle of this scene comes the dumbest thing that could have been said in a film about a flesh-eating virus, which is, should I wear a condom? And she's like, no, I'm clean. Or I'm I'm healthy, whatever. Uh, I, I, I'm like, I'm like, Chica, there is a flesh-eating virus out there that you guys at this point don't know how it transmits. One person's definitely infected and melting away outside. And you guys decide to have sex, unprotected sex. The kid asks you, should he wear a condom? And you're like, oh, no, I'm good. I'm clean. Mm-hmm. And then not five minutes later, when y'all are done and whatnot, you're noticing bruises on your back. And you're saying, man, you made me bruise. And you, they're not picking up that, oh, crap, you're infected. And his dumb ass starts to think about it. And he's like, hmm, what can I do to now protect myself after the fact? And he pours mouthwash on his unit. Anyway, I digress. That was a long explanation, a long, long example for just the concept of se uh, gratuitous sex scenes aren't necessary in a plot sometimes. But anyway, uh, back to Resident Evil. Like I said, I wanted to love it. Um, you know, forced F-bombs. The acting was not great. And like I said, you know, the, the portrayal of the characters, not so much in the acting, but like the way that they decided to paint the characters, you know, they got Leon wrong. Uh, uh, they, Claire and Chris, they, they got wrong. Wesker, oh my freaking God. Um, Wesker was supposed to be a calm, collected, cool character that you didn't know was a traitor till the end of the game. And you pretty much know at the beginning of the damn movie. Um, Birkin. Uh, eh. Look, I'll tell you this. Birkin is, is probably one of the other characters that they got right to a point. Uh, I love the actor that played him. He does a great job. He got, he does a villain real well. Um, you know, hats off to him. He didn't, you know, I, I'd say he did the best he could. Same thing with what was written. But no, I, I, he played it awesome. So I got to take my hat off to him. But uh, the guy that played Wesker, you know, the guy that played Wesker, 
he didn't have the right look to him because Wesker was supposed to be like the team leader, okay? But he was an air. Wesker in the game is an arrogant SOB, okay? Um, you know, his poop don't stink. He, he's that type. This guy just seemed like the party guy that, you know, like the the, the, the football captain, the team captain of a football team um, who got told he has to do something he doesn't want to do. Wesker didn't give a shit about his team in, in the game. He, he was, hey, they're expendable. And I truly work for Umbrella. I'm supposed to do this, this, and this. Um, that's, you know, we didn't get that Wesker and I'm not happy about it. I will say that's the, the Wesker that we saw in the Mila Jovovich movies was definitely on the mark from the game. So that is one thing that I'll give the, those other series of movies. But, uh, you know, they got Wesker wrong. Jill, she wasn't bad. Once again, that's more story. That's more writing. But the actress, I think, did fine. But she was probably closer to Jill. Chris, for the most part, was Chris, but it was very flat. Once again, I'm not sure that it was the actress' fault. Uh, Claire, I think she did well, considering what it was. I do think that with better direction writing, it probably would have been, she probably would have done real well. The guy that played Irons, hey, spot on. The guy that played Ben, they got the character totally, totally wrong. He ended up being a conspiracy theorist instead of a, instead of a, a reporter trying to get the story on Umbrella. They still, he still served his purpose for the most part. Um, but we, you know, we lose a lot. We lost a lot from the first game. We didn't get to see the Hunters. We didn't get to see the rest of the Bravo team. We don't get Rebecca Chambers. Um, like I said, we lose a lot of the story of the first game that set it up. And, you know, the beauty of the of the first two damn games was they were already written like a movie. It was They were survival horror because it was like being in a horror film. Okay? You know, the sto- they, each game had enough story to be its own movie. But, uh, like I said, it's one of those... Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City was truer to the source material of the games. Yes, it was. There's no if and ands or buts. It was. It just, ultimately, it did fail in the execution. Uh, it, like I said, it had potential. It, it almost is, it's almost one of those, you kind of wished, you almost wondered, did they run out of money? Or, or did they just get overambitious? You know? I think they probably got overambitious. Um, because you know, here, here's be this is what I would do. Now I heard that they were going to be doing a resident evil series on Netflix, which did release, but it appears that that series uh, that was either, either I was confused or people were reporting it incorrectly, getting mixed, getting the movie, the welcome to raccoon city, as well as this the Netflix series confused with each other because I, we were all understanding it was supposed to be the series was supposed to be the game based on the games. Well, it turns out that the Netflix series was actually appear to be clo- um, based on the CGI movies uh, that pretty much go with Chris, with uh, not Chris, but uh, with Leon, which the CGI movies weren't bad, but, but that's a different story. You know, I, this is what I want to say, you know, whether it's Amazon, whether it's Netflix, here's an idea. And I honestly, I thought this, I honestly thought this was what the idea was supposed to be, but why don't you guys do this? Take do it with the first two games, okay? But do it a series. Check it out. The first movie starts at like let's say in the evening time. It's already dark as you know they're in the forest and everything, and it ends by the morning by sunrise. So let's call it eight hours, okay? Let's say eight hours. Do an eight episode, and this is what I thought they were gonna do. Do an eight episode season. 
where they do two seasons, like Stranger Things. Stranger Things is like eight or 10 episodes, but season two is called Stranger Things, like part two, like part three. Um, so take, do it that way. Take Resident Evil, the first game, and let's watch each, basically do it hour for hour. It's an eight hour event. So we're seeing exactly what's happening, almost like 24, but you know, like the show 24, but you know, with this. Uh, with Resident Evil, and basically the first season is the first game, the entire mansion incident with the lead up of the murders, you know, uh, that that take the Bravo team to the Arkley Mountains. They get lost, they go missing, and then the Alpha team led by Wesker gets sent in. They just just like the movie, I mean, sorry, just like the game, the events unfold like the game. Uh, we didn't get in this new movie, we didn't get Barry Burton, and he was important. Um, the same thing and then the last episode episode eight uh you know the game finishes off whatnot but then you can have an after credit scene or a special trailer that comes afterwards which shows some form of lead up to resident evil 2 like maybe um like one month later and the police station's getting weird phone calls of attacks this isn't this and um as that's happening, uh, the sergeant, desk sergeant says, hey, we should be getting that new rookie in the next couple of days. What's his name? Uh, uh, Leon something. And then, oh, Kennedy, Leon Kennedy. And that's where it ends. You know, you get your little precursor to the second game, which would be season two. Um, and then season, you know, the, the part, same thing, part two starts with Leon and Claire, just like the game. Follow the, star, follow the story of the game. <clears throat> but you can get, so out of the two games, you can get two seasons worth of a, of a streaming show, whether it's Netflix, um, Hulu, whoever, you know, there, there's an idea. And then if you wanted to do a th the third one, um, if you actually thought it out ahead of time, then you could incorporate the third game into season two and just have season two be a longer season. Um, I mean, and that way you can tell it in chronological order and make them and make two and three really line up together. I think that'd be really cool. And then if you wanted, you know, if you wanted to go past that, then you've got, you know, Co-Veronica and you can pretty much do whatever you want. But at that point, you're at least capturing what the game's captured. Okay. And you you don't feel that you have to squeeze it into an hour and a half or two hour movie or two plus hour movie. Um, I mean, let's look at it, you know, the Mila Jovovich movies, like I said, in their own right, if they, I would, I feel like the first two being called Resident Evil, that's fine. But from Extinction on to Final Chapter, you, you may as well have just taken the Resident Evil title off and it just been in a, I don't want to say an arbitrary series of movies, but just, a, you know, just a movie series, a sci-fi horror movie series, and it would have worked, um, just change the name of the characters of some of the main characters. But no, I, I think that would have worked. Um, but like I said, you know, with this movie, it feels like at one point it was a combination of they ran out of money, maybe, or they got over ambitious. But still, even though they got over ambitious, there were still scenes there that they could have cut out. Like, like they added, they added this, like I said, this, this scene with, um, the Redfields being in, in the orphanage. In the original games, the orphanage didn't come into play at all. The orphanage was in the PS4 remake of Resident Evil 2. 
So I was kind of like, man, stick to the original PlayStation games. The 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 PS4 remakes, don't get me wrong, they were badass and they were cool. But, you know, the whole Orphanage thing, I think, really distracted from the key story. And like I said, it's just they shouldn't have put the two games in one movie, man. There's there's more than enough story um, that should have been a couple of movies or at least in two hour, a two plus hour movie. Not that I mean, I, that movie the runtime. Let me take a look real fast here. Once again, yes, I know I should have been already having this down, but it is what it is. And I'm just talking. <laughs> but the runtime. Was. An hour and 47 minutes. So, I mean, dude, even my fastest play on Resident Evil 1 was still more than two hours. Um, now, granted, yes, you have all the puzzles and stuff, and the same thing in Part 2, you got the puzzles, but still, you know, that Part 2, I have finished, like, right in, in my best, two hours. Um, and that was just, like, shortcutting as much as I could just to see how long, just to see how fast I can beat it, you know, get that, that grade a ending, but still it's kind of like if each game could take at least two hours, then you can't tell me the movie couldn't have done that. <clears throat> and you can, you know, so we get, they squeeze, they squeeze, squeeze, that's the yeah, word, Joe. there's not a word, Jose. They squeezed two storylines into one movie and still ended up with a movie less than two hours. And like I said, there was a, there was several points in the movie that was kind of like lagging, kind of like, dude, what the hell? And then the ending just kind of went bam, bam, bam. It was kind of like, so you took this long, you, you attempted to develop the characters, but ultimately didn't. And then the movie just ends. I was like, okay. Um, yeah, well, okay. There. So that was it. You know, my my ultimate review is, I wanted to love it. I didn't hate it. Maybe I did. <laughs> I don't even know, man. What I'm going to say is this. I wanted to love it. I didn't. It's not the worst movie I've seen, but it's far from the best. And uh, like I said, you know, I, I think my biggest complaint in it was they turned Leon into a fumbling idiot. And he wasn't, man. I'm sorry. The, the game, he was a badass. Um... He was a badass main character. And like I said, this, you haven't even, we didn't even get into like the future games like Resident Evil 4 and whatnot. It's like Leon becomes a badass agent, you know, you, but you're making in the movie, you make him a dumbass rookie. And I mean, and I emphasize dumbass. Um, like I never want to see that Leon Kennedy. You know, even if they, there was a director's cut, there's nothing they could have done to undo the way they portrayed Leon, you know, Leon's portrayal is probably my, the thing I dislike the most about the film. Um, Leon and, and Wesker, uh, their portrayal in the film was just piss poor. I'm sorry. And once again, I'm not necessarily saying the actors, I'm saying the way that the characters were set up to be so that I, like I said, I'm not necessarily putting that on the actor. I'm, I'm, you know, Benefit for the doubt, I'm putting that on the writing and the direction of the character development. So uh, that that's that's where I'm at. So, yep, Resident Evil, welcome to Raccoon City. I wanted to love you. I, I really, I wanted to love you, and you had potential, and you let me down. So now I have to revisit the Mila Jovovich movies. 
Thank you. Welcome to Raccoon City. I'm gonna I'm gonna go cry now. <laughs>